Hello, you're listening to Abiding Life Studios. I'm Noah Wells, and today in the studio I have Marshall Reeves. Hi. <laughs> and I, on the phone today we have Tim Lester from Hagerstown. Hey, hey everybody, how you doing? I'm, I'm doing great. Marshall, how you Good. doing? I'm doing just fabulous. And Marshall's been here for about six days now visiting us, and uh, we've been enjoying him. We've been having some good fellowship. And uh, right now he's going to tell us a little bit about himself, about how he got uh, into the abiding life stuff and uh, what he does with it. Okay. Well, uh, i try to keep this as concise as I can. Of course, when you get off into your, your life history, <laughs> I tend to ramble a bit at times, so please forgive me. But uh, I'm born and raised in Texas, up here visiting uh, Noah and Betty and the Biting Life Ministry, and uh, it's been such a pleasure, and I want to take just a moment to thank them for, for their incredible hospitality, for, for their sharing, uh, and for their love extended to my wife and I sharing. We met Mike Wells back in 1990. And we would both attest to the truth that he was an answer to prayer. Uh, just briefly, we uh, Sherry and I had both come out of uh, broken marriages, families, beat up pretty good by the world. Uh, I had been an alcoholic. Uh, she had been in an abusive relationship with a, uh, her former husband, uh, who was also an alcoholic. And then uh, the Lord uh, delivered both of us out of that, and uh, we were in our late 20s, early 30s at that time, so it's been a while back, but uh, so much of it you remember like it was yesterday. However, uh, we met, you know, by happenstance, supposedly, as, as the world would say, and, and, uh, but we know it was providential, and that was 30, almost 32 years ago. Uh, been married, have four children, but to get to the point, we had both been re- uh, raised in some very legalistic uh, religious teaching most of our lives, in spite of what it might have appeared to be. I was uh, uh, even in my alcoholic state for a number of years. Uh, been raised in the church, uh, so had she, and. Somehow or another, it just, uh, simply wasn't working for us uh, until the Lord intervened in our lives. But even after I had gotten sober and then we got married and uh, started having children and so on and doing life, uh, there was something missing. And I can recall uh, how badly I just wanted to be acceptable. And I wanted to feel that on the inside, but I just couldn't quite get there. Uh, certainly, you know, if that wasn't enough, then I could, maybe if I could convince you of who I thought I was, then I could believe it. And, you know, I, I, I tried the religious route, so to speak, and uh, felt like if I could just know enough, memorize enough scripture, go to enough church services, uh, associate enough with the right people that I could become something. And then one day out of the clear blue, uh, a friend of my wife's, an acquaintance, 
named Jim Heron, very well known in this ministry, uh, gave Sherry a set of cassette tapes, and it was about principles of abiding. And I could hardly describe to you what those did for me. Uh, It was something that I had never heard, that Christ indwelled me, that I was completely acceptable to him, that he loved me uh, beyond anything that I could possibly imagine, and that I was totally acceptable to him. And that sparked a new life in me. Again, that's that's difficult to describe unless you've been there, and I know that a lot of you out there have. So for many years, we were just so devoted to Mike and his teaching, uh, the things that he would explain to us about who we are in Christ, and that was over a long period of time, obviously. 1990 was a long time ago. But the Lord has been faithful throughout all of those years to to reveal so many things to us. First of all, through that foundational teaching that Mike gave us about our identity. Because that's where it has to come to. Uh, who am I? Am, am I a product of my behavior? Or does my behavior in Christ become who I am? Uh, or reveal, rather, who I am. And and I believe that that's something that only the Spirit can reveal to us um, as he heals, as, as he reveals himself to us, as he uh, changes our mind about things, uh, repentance, which I believe is, is purely supernatural because it's very akin to revelation, uh, and only that comes from God. So it's it's been an astounding journey. I you know I can tell you that with all of my heart I I loved Mike Wells and and because I loved him so much uh, more specifically the Christ that was in him that the heart that he had my life was altered. It was also expanded to accept his his wife Betty and his son Noah and certainly his sidekick Tim Tim, and uh, it's just just been a glorious journey, I I have to say. Through a series of events, you know, the Lord, he he reveals himself in the events and the situations of our lives, and and it all comes down to what do we see in those things. You know, Paul says us to don't dwell on the temporal and the seen, but on the eternal and the unseen, and it's it's things that we begin to see as he reveals the light uh, concerning them that, that motivate us. And so in 2013, I think it was, Tim, we, um, we came right. up to your place in Hagerstown, and you were doing a week-long seminar on the basics of principles of abiding. And it was uh, essentially a catalyst to actually begin to put legs to a lot of the things that the Lord had been done at, doing in our lives. And so we began to, through, through people we had met and had acquaintances with, share these things, basically a, as a one-on-one or a, a marriage couples, and, and, and simply observe what the Lord was doing in their lives because it is the truth that sets us free. 
and we don't realize how much we need to be set free. Uh, there's so many things in our lives that, that create a sense of uh, bondage, a sense of uh, oppression, that are all directly intertwined with the deception, with the lie that began in the garden about who we are in God and how he thinks and feels toward us. And as we began to understand that, I think that, that it's the promise that Jesus makes in John 8. He said, if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. We don't realize, I don't think, how much we truly crave that. And what an incredible blessing it is. Don't you agree? I mean, it's, um, it's, it's daylight and dark, literally, which is what Scripture says. Uh, turn their yeah. eyes from darkness to light, Paul, and from the power yeah. of Satan to God. And it's virtually indescribable, and it's experienced. It's, it's, it's not obtained through more knowledge per se. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's the literal work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And, and yeah, uh, you know, Marshall, I'm going to interrupt you just a second. One of the things that I'm just remembering back uh, the first time you told me that you wanted to come up for training, was that the men's retreat? Or you at you? It wasn't really that you wanted to come up for training, but it was uh, it was the first men's retreat after Mike's passing, and and you came up and you just said, "Look, man, I I don't know what, but I, you know, I just felt like we need to do something more with this." You remember that conversation? Right. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. And uh, the only reason I wanted to point out about it is is that uh, you know for years and years and years we've talked with folks about, hey, hey listen. If God's, God's used this and you can use it in some way, you know, the big joke is, you know, if you can use the material, copy it. If you're going to copy it's got a copyright law, uh, copy it right. But, but, but even more and beyond that is, listen, as God shows you stuff while you're walking with him, uh, get together with somebody and show them what God's shown you. So, and, you know, a lot of folks have done that. A lot of folks really kind of haven't. And, and, uh, and so the one thing that I wanted to point out, you know, I've talked about this before, it's really kind of the fullness of time that at that particular moment you said, "Look, I don't even know what all this means, but I just know we'd like to we'd like to do more. We'd like to go in a different place." And so that's the first thing. And I, I guess if people are listening to hear your testimony and how God's kind of brought you along, I want them to recognize that we don't have some great big strategy about it. Abiding Life Ministries, where we call up every third person and say, "Look, you really need to do this." What I what I've liked for years since my very very young years about working with the ministry is is that it's just as God leads. We try to be careful to listen to what He says, and and clearly God prompted you guys to do that, and you know to no to question. search out more, and that's how you actually ended up at the training. So the one thing I'd want people to hear is they're listening to your story. I mean, you haven't talked a lot about it, but you spent a lot of years in in. Uh, some pretty high, highfalutin salesmen, sales uh, career type things, and um, uh, for years, even in the amount of hours and time you would have needed uh, that you worked, it really limited you and how much time and effort you would spend uh, doing something like this. You know, working with people very many hours. Not that you never talk with anybody, but uh, through a whole series of events, which I don't expect you to go through them all. Uh, some radical things changed around and what you were doing and career path and, and just all those things. And my point about all that is, is when God starts bringing a leading on a person's life, I don't even have to sort out the details. 
he just starts mapping the way for us, and we just follow his lead on it. Would you agree with that? Absolutely, I would. Uh, and sometimes it's uh, sort of what we've pictured in our minds that it might look like, and other times it's just downright shocking. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. This does not look anything like I thought it would look like uh, uh-huh. in the sense of, you know, pictures we form uh, about what the future is going to hold and yep. what it's going to hold for me specifically. Yep. And the Lord says, well, I don't live in the future. <laughs> I yep. live in the moment yep. <laughs> because yep. I am that I am, you know. Yep. And so it becomes an adjustment within us that says that, you know, what is going on in the now is in the presence of my Lord. And yep. And that's a that's a very difficult, surprisingly so difficult mindset to to come to, because so much is that is within us says no. I have to regret the past and fear the future. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going yeah. to form this uh, concept in my mind of what it's supposed to look like. And the Lord says, well, but you'll never achieve peace and rest by doing that. You right. only have it by living in the moment. And, and you know, it's again, it's one of those things that you really can't um, grasp without experience. It is the thing that Jesus, I'm certain, has, is telling us in Ephesians 3.19 when he says, to know the love of Christ, which goes beyond knowledge. And the first word for know there is to know intimately, personally, experientially. In fact, the same word used in Hebrew in Genesis 1 that said Adam knew his wife and she conceived a son. So it's that sort of intimacy opposed to the second word know he uses in that statement, which is uh, knowledge. Knowledge there being the word gnosis, simply intellectual knowledge, uh, hearsay knowledge, third person. Yep. I learned it in a classroom. I learned it in a sermon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you, you really you can't own that until you experience that because that yep. is the love of Christ being revealed in you, you, um, not, not the crowd, not, the, not someone else. <laughs> but in you personally, and it's almost shocking uh, how hard that can be at times to, to really take that within yourself. Because to do otherwise, you've continued to diminish who you are. That Jesus, that God doesn't really know me, and I just sort of blend in, and, and I might get you know some blessings if everybody else does. But he's saying, no. <laughs> It's incredibly intimate and so personal that I can describe it in the sense of a marriage, um, you know, and, and the marriage act. I mean, it is the oneness, the joining yep. together. Uh, that's yep. a bit shocking to take in. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it is. And I know I remember the last time you were telling me when you were out of the country, you were, and I'm, I'm not going to mention any specific names of people. You can if you want to. I don't care. <laughs> I'll get you in trouble. Okay. But, I, but I just remember you were having uh, a conversation with one fellow, and I don't remember all the details, but you, I remember you were saying to me that, or to the fellow, somehow the discussion of uh, the Lord's leading and understanding and all that, and, 
you looked at the fellow and just said something along the lines, well, why don't you keep asking? And um, mm-hmm. as I remember the conversation, he, he got this really strange look on his face <laughs> and and then di- proceeded to disagree with you a lot uh, because the, the concept that you would listen to Jesus and his leading and know him in- intimately uh, was, uh, was, was kind of a new concept and even one that he thought was maybe not really good. You, you remember that heretical. discussion? <laughs> Is that the yeah. word you're looking for? <laughs> yeah, like you know I'd become a heretic because he was a or something. Yeah, to actually talk to God. So yeah, yeah. Some people don't. Some people don't like the thought of that. To actually just yep. go to the source. And so, and I mean, I'm just remembering uh, back to that. So I, that's where my mind was going while you were talking, Marshall, about this conversation I had with Noah about how the idea that I would actually talk to God, that I'd listen to Him, I'd follow His leading, and know Him intimately, and and as He's moving me along. Uh, I know one of the things that happened after Marshall went home. You know, we had training. And he and his wife are very dutiful students, you know. They took notes and acted like what I was saying had some kind of value. Uh, anyway, they, you know, they did what they were supposed to do there, and they were there that were, I think, uh, Flavio and them were here during that time as well from down in South America. That's and, right. And uh, as I remember, and so they were going through the training. So we had a great time, and we got to cover an incredible amount of material and it was all good, but Mar- both Marshall and Sherry are very diligent students. And so they went back, and they had all their materials, and they got it all together. And, of course, we give a format or sort of a process you can go through with people. And you'll love this part, Noah. So we get that, they get there, but they get back, and they're supposed to, like, take one person through and practice the material. Uh-huh. Well, the next thing I know, it's just a few weeks later, they call me up and They've got more people than they've got time to get together with. And so they just completely blew through the protocol. Of course, the one that blew through the protocol was Jesus. And so all all of a sudden they they were inundated with all these people who wanted to be discipled. Well, that was the first stage. And, of course, they're excited, and they don't know what to say. And, of course, I don't know what to tell them. All I did is do the training. And... uh, and, uh, But the next thing has happened, and I'm not going to go into the details of what, but some very, very difficult things happen in their world. Really, remember that, uh, Marshall? I mean, just the difficulties of things oh, yeah. that are happening with Do people I? that were around you. <laughs> and all of a sudden, almost by default, almost all their energies were in dealing with the circumstances that now had just been dropped in their lap. And so they went from having scads of people just coming and going and coming and going to now they had barely had the time and the energy to get up in the morning, do what work they were going to do, and deal with the crises that were in front of them. And I can just remember, Marshall, I really want to, I, I want to tell you this, and I, if I haven't said this to you before, the one thing I really liked about how you guys handled that is two things. Number one, you may have come for training, but you're right. That training was just the next little step along the way in what God was going to do in your lives. And your willingness to continue to stay in the moment with Christ and to follow his lead was this huge, huge, giant example of what Christ has called us to. It's just walk with him, to listen to him. And um, and so it, it occurred to me that you may have officially come to training, uh, which was beneficial for me and I believe for everybody that participated in that. But on the other hand... 
there was other training to happen, and you're right, it wasn't anything like what you, we any of us pictured it was going to be like when you went home in terms of the training that Christ would put you guys through. But just knowing that all that had happened during that time, there's a honing that Christ did in you guys' life to listen to him. And, know I, you know, again, we don't have time for all that on the details of it right now, but, I mean, they were so overwhelmed with the circumstances and the difficulties that were had kind of been dropped in their lap, uh, he and he and Sherry uh, and their family, that it, it was literally just overwhelming. And what I saw in them was a willingness to say, Jesus, look, we thought it was going to go this way. We thought this was going to happen. But this is where you have us, and we're going to trust you. You lead us. And, uh, and, and I tell you what, if there's any, if for any reason, if I were ever going to recommend Marshall and Sherry to you, it's because they're two people who have hearts willing to be led. Well, I think, uh, Tim, that, um, you know, it, it kind of goes back to what I was saying a moment ago. If we knew what the future held, we just simply would refuse to go there. <laughs> we, we, we are, we are, it's God's way of, of virtually forcing us to live in the moment, uh, particularly when we find ourselves in circumstances that we have to admit that we have no control over. That unless the Lord does it, it ain't happening. Yeah. But, the, but the thing is, uh, in that, when we finally quit struggling... There is a peace that's beyond our understanding, which means yeah. he says, I, when he says, I give you my peace, it is supernatural peace. It's, it's not something we can conjure. It has to come from him. And so uh, what the world means for evil, uh, God means for good. He sorts it out. Sometimes it takes a little, a little time, but in the process... I firmly have come to the conclusion that it's it's God's refining fire of love, because you you you're so helpless that you find yourself in a place of utter dependence, like you've never been before. So the result of that is Christ in you is revealed for who He is. Yeah. And he is love. And so I can look back now uh, on some of those situations that, that you were alluding to. And, and I see that by having gone through them, now we're no martyrs, don't get misunderstand me. Uh, yeah. But uh, it took that for me, and I think that I can speak for Sherry, Although I would also add that she's a much more spiritual person than I am. But oh, I'd I, agree with you, <laughs> Yeah, I thought you would. But uh, what I see is having to go through that. I mean, being just a, virtually a prisoner of the Lord, going through it, as Paul describes, you know, um, that out of it, something is happening. And what it is, is we begin to experience our life who and who that life truly is, because there is no other. Uh, he is life. And we, we, we begin to submit to that and surrender to that. And in the process, our minds and our thoughts are renewed. <laughs> 
because we are a new creation, but he says to grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ means to have your mind renewed. The way you look at things, the, what, the way you see things, the things you think, uh, and from that comes the transformation. Uh, you know, I know it's what Paul's talking about when he says, can you see the eternal yet? Can you see the unseen yet? You have the capacity, but have you done it yet? Well, some, you know, uh, it's it's a process, but it's it's what is finally attained is, is just this sense of well-being. It's a sense that you have proven yourself to me once more, and each time we go through these things, that renewing and transformation allows us to actually live out who we are we we yeah. are not our behavior our be- that does not define us it always comes down to who are you and th- what is my true identity who am i really well how are we going to know that we're not going to know it by reading about it in a book <laughs> we're just not we're not wired that way what yep. we realize it, the way we realize it, is through the revelation of the love of Christ in the moment, no matter what's going on. Uh, and it's, it's virtually indescribable uh, unless you've actually experienced it. Yep. 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 Uh, that's true. That's true. Well, hey, listen, I got a couple the, of, uh, at the risk of sounding like a commercial, I really would be interested to know. If you'd have to say what what uh, we've been talking a lot about Christ leading for you guys, and I and I, you know how he how he got you long before you ever came to training, all that God did in you before then, and what happened after you left, and that's when you really got trained is what God, what Christ did to prepare you and all that, and He's still using in you. But if if you were to say to folks that would be wondering about, hey, listen, what is the most beneficial thing you got from your training? What would you say that was? And I'm talking about the training uh, king, not what Christ did. Uh, that's an infinite benefit. But just in terms of coming to the training, because we have folks that I ask all the time, you know, so what, what's what's the big takeaway? What's the big benefit? And and different people say different things. I'm just wondering for yourself, looking back at several years ago, what would you have said that it was the the best part about the training in terms of what you got something from? Uh, Tim, I would have to say. It's interesting, I, but I, I would have to say it's not necessarily what is taught, although the, the Lord hides those truths in our hearts, it's the fellowship and the oneness, because yep. we really can't impart something we don't know unless it's part of us. I yep. mean, we can go through the motions and we can share things that we've again, that we know somewhat on a third-party basis. But but when it's in you, it is you. You know, Abiding Life Ministries, you, you, don't, um, you don't learn it by rote. Uh, it, it, it becomes you. The truths embodied in this ministry become you. Uh, and, and that's something that you can't put a price tag on. And so when, when we sat there for that week, Sherry and I, and we listened to uh, you and Karen share these truths, 
we knew they were real. And there's something that takes place inside of a person, and it's the communion of the Holy Spirit within us that that reveals the oneness that we have in truth. And those truths are just part of that gestation period, as Mike used to say. You know, uh, the seed is planted, and then it matures, and it comes forth full bloom, and we begin to see for the first time. And yep. that's a, that word see is a, is a power-packed word, but it changes yep. our entire perspective. Uh, it, it changes our, our paradigms. It changes mostly... The, uh, in lar- or at least in large part, uh, a lot of the things that we believed before about who am I, who is God, and who are all these people around me, you know, right. and, and what's the point of all of this? Well, it's so it's not really, I would describe it, I would wrap it up with this, Tim. I, I wouldn't describe it as a teaching or a lecture series. It It is an actual participating in the the love of Christ through the Holy Spirit for a week, <laughs> you know. Yep. That's how I'm. When Sherry and I left and got on that plane to come home, within 15 minutes we're both out like lights. I mean, we've we've had we are so full <laughs> and so satiated, we were drained. I mean, we couldn't have taken another <laughs> hour of teaching. Uh, yep. But that's that's to your benefit and God's glory that I say that yes. uh, you 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 did an extraordinary job, brother, and, and I want to thank you once again for it. Well, you're you're genuinely welcome, but that's just proof there's a Jesus. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> oh right. man, what? Because I hey, know you listen. and you know me, and we didn't do it. <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right. Well, no. Before we wrap up with him uh, with this. You know, maybe we can come back and talk about some other things later, but I'm just wondering, uh, during the last uh, five or so minutes or something like that, if there were some things you heard that he was sharing with you, wanted to weigh in on Noah, or anything in particular you wanted to ask uh, of Marshall. Well, when you guys were talking, the thing that kept coming into my head was training. And I look at all these different people, and it, it, it's it's fun to watch how God trains us our whole lives gets us to that point he needs us to be at and sometimes it's messy and sometimes it's not but it's cool that he just is always there always training us and you know with marshall saying okay the next step i'm gonna go do training with tim was just the next step you know the lord didn't tell him anything else just said here (laughs) just do that and i appreciate that with the lord doing that instead of just telling us all at once i don't think I'm, I mean, I'm sure he knows we can't handle that. Sure. But I do enjoy watching it because everyone's training, let's just say training, is different. Yeah. How the Lord wants us to right. learn. It's tailor-made. Yes. <laughs> Every Yeah. Everyone's story is different, and it's so cool. It just shows you how big God is. Well, I, I agree. And, I mean, later on, knowing you and I have talked about this, there's a lady we're going to that actually lives in, in this area here in Maryland. At, and... Um, uh, she went through the training, and, uh, you know, again, like Marshall and Sherry, very dutiful student. I mean, she had this woman more notes than I did. She wrote down a lot more than what I said, or Karen said. And it's been really interesting because God, using the your your idea that you're talking about, Noah, God had her in training, and I just thought is it was what we were doing. Now, did God use that? Sure. Uh, but the long story short, 
she's now launched into this whole other thing she's doing, ministry that God's led her into, and she's doing prison work, and, and uh, very interesting, and one of the things that happened with this lady, and I'm, I won't go into the details of her right now, except just that she had this great, she got together, and she wanted to put together a ministry plan, and how her brochures would look at look like. Well, the bottom line was, uh, she wanted, she had it in her mind that she was going to create this system of people that she would train to do what she was doing. The whole thing, it never worked. What worked was when she got out there and do what God had trained her to do. And she has this amazing stuff that happens around her all the time. And I spend most of my time just scratching my head wondering, how in the world does she get that done? Well, the point is, she does it. God had her in training. She may, she may have taken a pit stop off the side of what, we, what we've been doing, and she would tell you it was a blessing and all that. But the point is, is God had a very specific place for her and ministry for her, and she's still continuing to do it. And um, it, is, it is cool to just watch what God does to train people long before they get to us, when they're with us, and after they leave us, and what he does mm-hmm. to begin to shape and form what he's called them to do. And so, man, it's exciting stuff. I'm, I'm thrilled to see it. Oh, yeah. It is fun to watch and yep. Fun, yep. fun to be a part of it, too. Well, absolutely. Well, hey, listen, guys, um, why don't we uh, shut it down for right now. Marshall, again, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, I, re- I really want people to hear a bit of uh, you and Sherry's story, uh, and uh, uh, perhaps we can uh, chat about some other things a bit later. God bless you. Yep. God bless, brother. Sounds good, and that will wrap it up for this podcast. And don't forget to check out the website at abidinglife.com. Thank you.